Oh, Father, we just ask for your anointing upon your word. Pray, Lord, for your for the power of the Holy Ghost to take this frail vessel. Lord, I confess, Lord, it's strange with, with no one here, Lord, and it seems, oh God, Lord, that in many respects, Lord, that, oh God, everything has been stripped away. But, oh, Father, I confess that you are still God and there is none like you. I pray that by the power of your spirit that you would come, Lord, that you would take these few words that you put in my heart, even these stammering lips, and Lord, that you would use it for the glory of your name, for the extension of your kingdom. Lord, I pray for the anointing of God. Lord, we pray that you would anoint us, each of us, in our homes to hear your word, that you would arrest us, that you would speak to us. Oh, Father, we pray, Lord, for even those that are maybe not saved, that they would Come to that, oh God, come to that place, Lord. Lord, a full surrender and repentance, oh God. Lord, just breathe on the pages. Speak to our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus chapter 3, we're going to read from verse 1. Exodus 3 and verse 1. I'm going to speak this morning on the last plague. The last plague. Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to read uh, from verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not hither, but off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where all thou standest is holy ground. We see here, we know this story well, this encounter uh, between Moses and God at this burning bush because God had a purpose and a plan in the midst of this time. And, 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 and in the day that we're living in, we, we know that God has a purpose and a plan in the midst of all of the chaos that has taken place around us. God's purpose is revealed to Moses at the backside of a desert of what he desires to do and what he will do to glorify his name. And if we go through in Exodus, we'll see as God begins to reveal his purpose and plan into the heart of this man, Moses. And we know Moses well from Scripture, a man that was uh, preserved, his life was preserved and brought up in the way of the Egyptians. And uh, we know that at the age of 40, that it came into his heart to visit his people, the Hebrew people. He was a Hebrew that was preserved by, by the hand of God through faith. And now Moses believed that he would loose the people of God by his own strength. And we read the story of Moses, how he, how he decided, he cried, tried to deliver the people by his own hand and, and yet then he flees into that wilderness for another 40 years. At the age of 80, we, we read of this great encounter uh, with the Lord at, at that burning bush as that bush burned but did not burn up. And God had a purpose and God had a plan. Just like God has a purpose and a plan 
in, in these days. There is a purpose of God in all of this, what we're seeing and what we're witnessing and the distress of the nations and the chaos and, and all, the, all the, the spread, all the shutdown that we're witnessing. There's a purpose of God in the midst of all of this. In Exodus chapter 5, the Lord is speaking to Moses and Aaron, revealing that purpose to them. If you see it there in Exodus 5 and 1, it says, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, here is the plan. Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. We know that God's people, the Hebrew children, were, were in bondage under Pharaoh. They were living a life that God had not purposed for them to live. God wanted to bring them out of Egypt and bring them in to that wilderness to have a feast unto the Lord or to sacrifice unto him. Verse 2 says, this is what Pharaoh said in response to the purpose of God. This is what Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? In Egypt, they did not know Jehovah. They did not know who he was. And so they asked the question as Moses and Aaron declared the purpose of God, let my people go that they would worship me. And the cry was, who is the Lord? Who is the Lord that I should let them go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. We see that Pharaoh began to harden his heart. Verse 3 says, And the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert. The purpose of God, to sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword. So we see that Moses is commissioned by God to bring the word of the Lord into Egypt in order to deliver the people of God from the hand of Pharaoh. But God was not only wanting to deliver them, but bring them out into a place where they would serve the Lord, that they would sacrifice unto him. Now this word, let my people go, continues as through the interaction between Moses and Pharaoh. We see it in Exodus Chapter 8 and verse 1, Moses speak, and the Lord speak unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Here is the will of God and the purpose of God. Let my people go that they may serve me. We see it in Exodus 8 and verse 20. We see it in Exodus chapter 9 and verse 1. We see it in Exodus 9 and verse 13. And we see it again in Exodus chapter 10 and verse 3. It says there, And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will thou refuse to humble thyself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. And so we see in the context of what we're going to look at today, this last plague, that it was the will of God, it was the purpose of God to loose the people of God from that place called Egypt and to bring them out of Egypt, but not only bring them out, but bring them into a place with God that they would serve God, that they would sacrifice unto the Lord. Because Pharaoh refused to humble himself, he refused to bow down to God, and that's the world that we're living in. We see that the pomp and the pride of, of, of our nations and of our leaders refuse to humble themselves before the Lord. But God would then begin to bring a judgment upon Egypt. These plagues would come. We know them so well. 
uh, from, from an early age in Sunday school, we're taught about the, the ten plagues that God would bring upon Egypt. But the purpose, you must remember, God had a purpose in the judgment. The purpose was to bring his people out from a place of bondage, of death, of, of defeat, of, of oppression, and to bring them into the land, a land that he had promised, a land that was flowing with milk and honey, an inheritance to fulfill his covenant that he had made with Abraham, that he would have a land for his people Israel. God is a covenant-keeping God. He made a covenant with Abraham concerning Israel to bring his people out of that land, that place called Egypt, that's a representation of the world, oppression, death, and defeat, but to bring them into that place of life, and peace, and joy, and victory, and overcoming, and abundance and so here we see the purpose and the plan of God as Moses is arrested by the Lord commissioned by the Lord and sent with that message that people that the people of God must be loosed and brought into the fullness of what God has but Pharaoh would harden his heart towards the Almighty God Pharaoh would harden against the will and the purpose of God you know the Bible tells us that it's a humble heart that will hear. It's a humble heart that will hear the word of the Lord. It's the humble heart that will hear the voice of the Savior. When we humble ourselves before the Lord. And my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. When there's a humility we're going to hear what God is saying. But Pharaoh would harden his heart against God. Like there's a hardness of heart for many for many years we've been seeing the hardness that there is in our nation and our loved ones and the people around us are hard against the gospel. They're hard against the things of God. For many years there's been a hardness and we've been praying and believing in the Lord that the Lord would soften hearts. Has that not been our prayer? God, would you soften their hearts? Would you bring them to the place? And in the midst of this, I believe what God is doing is, is humbling hearts all around us. Hearts are being softened towards the things of God. God is using this judgment upon the nation to harden the hearts of people. Some may still stiffen their hearts and, and resist the Lord, but there are many that are softened towards the things of God. We have prayed, we have cried, we have called in the Lord for our loved ones that have hardened themselves against the gospel. They don't want to hear, but now we're hearing the reports of many that are saying they're interested. There's an interest being awakened within them to the things of God. God's working through the judgment in order for his purposes to be fulfilled. And so we see these, these plagues begin to come across Egypt as men would harden their hearts. We see the waters turn into blood, the plague of frogs, the plague of lice, the swarm of flies, the death of the livestock. The plague of boils, the plague of hail and fire, the plague of locusts, and the plague of darkness. And we see these events are unfolding. What is happening today, saints of God, what is happening today is in the purpose and in the divine plan of an almighty God. God knows exactly what's happening across the nations. But there's a purpose of God in the midst of it. Just like there was a purpose back in Egypt. All those years ago, God had a plan for Israel and God had a plan for Egypt. This plan of the Lord in the midst of all of this, 
You know, the Bible says all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, praise God, and are called according to the purposes of God. There's a purpose in the midst of the storm. There's a purpose in the midst of distress. There's a purpose in the midst even of the plague. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of the Lord. How unsearchable are the judgments of God and his ways past finding out as the people of god we must know that in this mid in the midst of all that's happened praise god there is a purpose of god there's a plan that god has we must know that in every season there is there is a there is a season for everything and in that season there is a purpose that god is working god does not want us to be any more tossed to and fro with all the things that are happening around us but we must fix our eyes upon the Lord. We must look up unto the Lord in these days. God is doing a work in the midst. But there's a last plague in Egypt that would come. And this last plague would visit every home in Egypt. And even the cattle, the firstborn of the cattle of every home in Egypt. And you look at Exodus chapter 11 and verse 4. We'll go through this for a moment. But this last plague was crucial. This was the plague that, as it were, that broke the heart of Pharaoh. This was the plague that broke the pride of man. Next in this chapter 11, and I do pray that in this plague, in this, this virus, that God would soften hearts, that men would turn to Jesus Christ in these days. In Exodus 11 and verse 4, this is the Lord said, Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn, I want you to hear this carefully, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the beasts. Verse 6 says, And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. You note there, that this plague would come from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sits upon the throne, even to the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill. From the palace, from the palace, right down to the servants, not a home in Egypt would escape. It will reach the palace right down to the terrace house, just like we've heard this week of our second in line to the throne. Just like we've heard, as the prime minister of this nation has been affected by this virus, right from the greatest right down to the least, there'll be a plague that would sweep into Egypt, right from the prime minister's residence, right down to the council flat and any working class housing estate across this land. From the palace right down to the servant quarters, there'd be a virus that would sweep in, there'd be a plague that would come. But God had a purpose in everything that he was doing. God had a purpose in all that was unfolding in Egypt. Just like God has a purpose and a plan today. You see, there was something different that God was doing amongst the Egyptians and what God was doing amongst his people. There was a twofold plan that God had amongst the Egyptians and also amongst his people. In Exodus 11 and 7, it clearly tells us that, that God had put the difference between the two. 
In Exodus 11 and 7 it says, But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that he may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. There is a difference of what God is doing. There is those that are saved by the grace of God and those that are lost. God is doing a work amongst the church as much as God is doing a work amongst the lost. God tells us here would shut the mouths of the dogs. You know, Paul tells us in Philippians 3 and 2 that we are to beware of dogs and beware of evil workers. When we have witnessed in these last recent years how evil has abounded, how sin has abounded, as evil workers have abounded. We have heard of dogs. These are men that are against the gospel, against Jesus Christ and his church. And we have seen them bark at the church now for decades as they made these, these laws and brought them in. But you know, in a moment, listen, if you think about it, and I got a little message yesterday concerning these things, but in a moment, practically in a moment, all the great entertainment of, of this world has been shut down. God has shut them down, just like he shut the dog's mouth in those days. He shut down Hollywood with all its filth that has polluted their minds of people across this world. He's, he's shut down every gay pride parade across the Western world. He's shut down the casinos. He's shut down all the dens of iniquity. He's shut the streets of Amsterdam filled with prostitution. He's shut everything down in this day because God is working amongst the Egyptians as much as God is working amongst Israel. He's working in the midst of the lost. In a moment, in a moment, he can shut everything down because he's God. They have hardened their hearts just like they hardened their hearts against Pharaoh. They have brought laws in like Pharaoh brought laws in. That was an offense to a holy God. Yet God heard the cry of his people in the midst of it. They hardened their hearts. They resisted the plan and the purpose of God. Look at Exodus 11 and verse 8. It says, And all these thy servants shall come down unto me. This is God's purpose. They'll bind themselves unto me. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day kings will cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus and they will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And in a space of a few weeks, it, it tells us that something like $16 trillion have been wiped off the stock exchange. I don't want to be a prophet of doom and gloom, but friends, I believe it's only the beginning of what we're about to see concerning the economies of the world. God has a way to humble the mighty and the proud. God would humble the mighty Egyptian army. He would humble the mighty Pharaoh because they hardened their hearts against the Lord. The nations at this time are being humbled. And the reason they're being humbled is because they've rejected the Almighty God. They believe they can make the laws against them. They can boast in how great they are. They can acknowledge how wonderful they are, how progressive and how liberal they are in living in the 21st century. But they've resisted God and they've rejected His Word. And so God would work in a way for His purposes and His plan 
to be unfolded. He would humble the mighty Egyptian army. He would soften their hearts in order that his purpose for his people would be fulfilled. And I believe that's what's about to happen. God is humbling the nations of the world, but God's going to bring forth his bride in the midst of such a distress and such despair and such darkness. There's another plan that God has. You'll see it here. Here we see three things concerning God's plan. Number one, God had a divine favor for his people. Exodus chapter 11 and verses 2 and 3. This is what the Lord spoke through Moses. Speak now in the ears of the people. Let every man borrow of his neighbor, every woman of her neighbor. They were instructed, Israel were instructed, those Hebrew children, go to your Egyptian neighbors and take jewels of silver, jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man of Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. We see here that in this time that God had his divine favor upon his people. Here were slaves, they were in bondage, they were in prison, in many respects quarantined onto this Egyptian system. But God would give them a divine favor. They were able to take the jewels of silver and jewels of gold that would be used for that sacrifice unto the Lord in the building of those tabernacles, that place of sacrifice, that place of worship. And so God would give them divine favor. Not only divine favor, God would give them a divine provision. As this plague is coming, they, they would know of a provision of God in the midst. In Exodus 12 and verse 1, if you turn over to that, Exodus 12 and 1, this is what it says. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year unto you. Now speak, speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers. There would be a lamb for a house. Now here we see not only the divine favor of God, but we see the divine provision of the Lord. For every house, remember this plague, this plague would come to every home. But in every house they would take a lamb. Here's the provision of the Lord. You know, God is the great provider. He is Jehovah Jarab, my provider. There would be a lamb that would be for every house. There would be a lamb, there would be provision made. For every home, they would take a lamb, the head of that home would take a lamb of every house, and every lamb would represent that household. And when, when that plague would come, when that virus would spread across Egypt, to visit every home, only the homes that had that lamb were going to be spared. Because that brings us to that third point, not only divine favor and provision, but there was divine protection for every home that had that lamb. Isolated in that home, just like we are facing that today, as they shut into that home and took that lamb, the head of that home would take the lamb, would sacrifice the lamb, take the blood of that lamb. You know the story well, but sometimes we know the things so well, but we need to exercise our faith in them. They would take the blood of that lamb and they would strike the doorpost and the lintel of that door with the blood of that lamb. And that would be their divine protection in the midst of this plague. It tells us in 
Exodus chapter 12 and verse 7. They shall take of the blood. They'll strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses where they shall eat. Verse 12 says, And I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. God says I will execute judgment. The Bible tells us very clearly that God will execute judgment in the last days. Christ will come again and he will execute judgment upon all because he is the Lord. He is a righteous God. He is a holy God. Verse 13 in Exodus 12 says these words, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And then it says these wonderful words, When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you, when I smite the land of Egypt. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. There's power in that blood. We see the divine protection of God was in the blood, the blood of that lamb. Every home, as fathers would shut the door, as the plague was coming, as men and women would gather in and bring their children into that house, as they isolated, as it were, as we are today, isolating ourselves in our homes under the instruction of, of all that we see before us. But as they gathered into that home, a man would take a lamb, and that lamb is a representation or a shadow of something so much more wonderful and so much more precious. And he would take that lamb and sacrifice the lamb, and he would apply the blood to the doorpost and the lintel of that door. And when that virus, when that plague would sweep in, when it came and seen the blood, they had this great promise and great assurance. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. What divine protection there is in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That blood was for a home. That blood, that lamb was for a family. And God and his purposes and plans in these days has brought in the families to the home, has brought in even our wayward family members to sit around our tables again. And when the blood of Jesus is, is applied to that house, and when the blood of Jesus is applied to the heart of an individual, thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ this morning. It shall never lose its power. There's wonder-working power in that blood. And so we know that through this shadow, we come to the reality and we come to the blood of Jesus Christ. We see that we have a divine favor. And brothers and sisters, I say these things this morning and we often have manipulated these terms. We have manipulated them for selfish ends or for material possessions. But we are under divine favor when we are in Christ. They asked of the Egyptians for silver and gold. But brothers and sisters this morning, listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter 1 and 18. For as much, here's the favor of God, as ye know that we are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and of gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish 
and without spot. Praise God this morning for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We are under the divine favor of God, not silver and gold. We're brothers and sisters. We're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The early church, the early church had no silver. They had no gold. And when Peter and John met the lame man on the way, they said, such as I have, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. That's the favor that we need again in the church. Just the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe the church will come out triumphant, victorious, full of the Holy Ghost, because he is coming for a glorious bride. That early church had no silver or gold, no grand cathedrals, no grand PA systems, but what they did have was men and women full of the Holy Ghost. Through this, brothers and sisters, there's a plan of God for his bride. That's his church. We still believe in the church of Jesus Christ. Let my people go. Deliver us, Lord, in these days from tradition. Deliver us from apathy. May we come out of this different from what we went into it. May the fire burn up everything that we shouldn't have in our lives. May everything that needs to be shaken, may it all be shaken. May this place again be a house of prayer, full and fervent, a place of the gathering of God's people, rejoicing and thankful for what God has done. A place where we launch into the deep to reach the souls of men and women. A place of sacrifice. Sacrifice. That's what he wanted the people to come out that knew what it was to sacrifice unto the Lord. A people that knew what it was to give everything to the Lord Jesus Christ. That we don't be entangled with the affairs of this world. But truly that God would bring forth a people that are full of the Holy Ghost. That know what it is to give. That know what it is to sacrifice. That lay all on the altar for Jesus. Oh God, do your work in us at this time. May the divine favor be upon us. May we pull down every idol. May we pull down everything that we have served. Oh God, would you have mercy and bring us forth. They had the divine favor upon them. The blood of Jesus Christ is enough. They had the divine provision. He is everything. That is the Lamb. You know, we read that story in Genesis 22 when Abraham said to Isaac, My son, my God, will provide himself a Lamb. God has provided for us, the church, a Lamb. A Lamb. When John seen him in John 1, 29, behold, here's the provision. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Thank God we have everything in Jesus. Everything we need for the church is in the Lamb. Everything we need for this day is in the cross. Everything we need for this day is in the blood. Everything we need is in God's Word. We have have a great provision in Jesus Christ. May we come out of all of this, friends. May it all be burnt up, all the death, all the backsliding, all the apathy, all the gossip, all the bitterness, all, all the holding back. Oh God, may we come out of this refined. May we be purified. May we be fired up. May we be filled with the Holy Ghost. May we be a people that will serve God. May the purposes of God be fulfilled. 
Thank God there is provision. Thank God there is favor. And thank God this morning. Thank God there is protection. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Revelation 12 and 11. The word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives on the death. They loved not their lives on the death. What a world we've been living in. Where man will live for himself and himself alone. That's even in the church of Jesus Christ. We live for ourselves. We don't give for that which is eternal. We live for ourselves. But oh God, we want to come out as an overcoming people. By the blood of the Lamb. The word of our testimony. Not loving this life on the death. But giving our lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The last plague, as it were, was the straw that broke the camel's back. The last plague, as it were, was what brought a humility in the palace. And God can bring a humility in the palace, brothers and sisters, as well as a humility in the terrace house. The last plague would bring a mighty deliverance of his people. And God is looking at people to bring them out. Listen, God is looking at people to come out of this time. A church triumphant. A church full of the Holy Ghost. No longer dead service. No longer dead prayer meetings. No longer empty times. But a place that's on fire of the Holy Ghost. But goes beyond the walls of a building. Oh God, this morning we pray that your purposes would be done in our lives. No man, Jesus said, no man in Matthew 6, 24 can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and he will love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And oh, this western world, this western world has been serving mammon. But God is bringing a great humility. Brothers and sisters, God is looking at people that are going to serve him and serve him with all of their hearts. God is looking at people that are going to know what it is to sacrifice, to give everything, to lay all on the altar for Jesus. Gladly, we'll lay all on the altar. God would speak to Israel. And this is what he would say in Exodus 23 and 24. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods. I'm bringing you into a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm bringing you into the inheritance and the promise and the covenant that I've made to my servant Abraham. When you get there, thou shalt not bow down to their gods. You'll not serve their gods, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. Verse 25 says, and ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall, listen, when we serve God alone, God will bless thy bread, God will bless thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. We cannot serve two masters. We must pull down every idol and everything that we have tried and sought to serve alongside serving this almighty God. God is bringing, he is shaking. The Bible says everything that can be shaken is being shaken. It is happening right now. He is shaking everything that can be shaken, those things in our lives. God is shaking and they're falling. They're falling all around us. But friends, 
that which cannot be shaken, that life that's set on Jesus, that life that's built on the rock, that life that is given all to follow him, that true disciple of the Lord. If any man wants to be my disciple, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. That's a disciple, that's a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. No man can serve two masters. There's a shaking at this time, there's a purpose and what God is doing in the governments of this world. There's a purpose in Egypt, and there's a purpose in Israel. There's a purpose in what God is doing in this world, and there's a purpose in what God is doing in his church today. But out of all of this, glory be to Jesus. There is a church that's coming that's going to be triumphant. There is a people that are going to march out of all of this. Not a dog will be allowed to bark at them just like them of old. But there is a church triumphant that Jesus is coming for. And brothers and sisters, when we come back again in the grace of God and in the purpose of God, and if God wills it, if we come again to meet the way we have been meeting, and we have been blessed with such a meeting. But I pray this morning that we will be a different kind of people. Not so much of trying to make anything happen, but in our hearts we will have made a decision that I will serve the Lord. I will serve Him and serve Him alone. That the death would be burnt up, that the sin would be burnt up, that the backsliding would be burnt up, that empty prayer meetings would be burnt up, that there be fervency in the house of God, there be a thankfulness in the house of God. And may this psalm be the psalm of His people even in these days. May this be a people that come out of this like the psalmist said in Psalm 100 make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands serve the Lord with gladness come before his presence with singing know ye that the Lord he is God it is he that has made us and not we ourselves we are his people and the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful unto him bless his name for the lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations there's a purpose there's a purpose in everything that's happening at this time out of this will come forth a bride glorious overcoming full of the holy ghost Friends, this morning, may we be a people that set our affections on things that are above. God is working in all of this. And we will serve him. This is why we'll serve him. In the end, this is why you'll serve him. You'll serve him because you love him. That's why we serve the Lord, because we love him. So in these days of great turmoil, God's working. Praise the Lord. God is moving. God is on these days is bringing forth his judgment upon the land. But there's a purpose in it all. And friends, this morning that we can see beyond that natural, see with the eyes of faith that God is bringing forth a people for his glory. Let my people go. Oh, friends, that we leave the things that hinder us. We leave the sin, the mountains that we have walked behind time and time again. We leave the things of fear and what men think and all the intimidation of man. We leave the, the natural things of this life and the things that we have tried to take pleasure in rather than taking pleasure in him and him alone. 
that we leave all these things, all the gadgets, all the games, that men would be men, that we grow to be men of, and pillars in the house of the Lord, that we would be a people that give and give unto the Lord with thankfulness, that we bring in to the house of God, that the house of God would not be a place just to gather on a Sunday, but it would be a place where God truly comes and fills and sends us forth into this world. Time is short. God is working. There's a purpose in it all. Friends, we will serve him. May we serve him with all of our hearts in these days. It's time. It truly is the time to lay those things that so easily besets us, to sin, and let us run this race, and let us finish well for the glory of God. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that you are in control, that there is a purpose in everything that's happening in this land. You are working. You are in control. You are the almighty God. Lord, we pray that you'd have mercy upon this nation. Lord, we pray, O oh God. Oh, Father, I pray for every one of your saints, Lord. We get our eyes on Jesus. Lord, we get our lives right before you. Lord, we pray, thanking you for the blood of the Lamb. We thank you this morning for the favor of God. We thank you, Lord, for the provision of the Lamb. And we thank you for the protection that's in the blood. And we do plead the blood of Jesus. Oh, Father, we plead the precious blood of the Lamb today. But, Lord, fulfill your will. Let your will be done. Lord, fill us all, even right now, with the Holy Ghost and power, O oh God. Purify us, Lord. Bring us through, Lord. But bring us out the other side of people that will serve God and serve him alone. Lord, we will serve you simply, Lord, very simply, because we do love you this morning. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your great love toward us. Oh, Father, this morning, we just pray, bless your word to your hearts. In Jesus' precious name, amen.